0: Welcome to Conversations with Marion Dalton. I have a great friend with me today, Dr. David Hager, and uh, he is a leading uh, leader in our medical community, and not only that, he is a man of faith and anointing. And he and I have been friends now for 12 years. He's a member of our church. He and his lovely wife, Pam. And and I just wanted to bring someone in to talk about the whole COVID situation from a professional perspective that deals with this on a daily basis, but also a person of faith, a person who's led addiction recovery, who's been very involved with national ministries and governmental decisions. Uh, and really a man I trust myself and I think David can bring a lot to the table today and this is a very important conversation we're getting ready to have and and I just want David to just kind of share a little bit about yourself and we'll get going David.
1: <laughs> well thank you for having me and asking me I'm honored and delighted to be here Marion. Um, you're my friend but you're my pastor and so I honor you in that way. Um, yeah I, uh, I went to um, To college at Asbury, what's now Asbury University uh, in Wilmore, and then went to the University of Kentucky to medical school. Uh, I did my residency training the University of Virginia in Charlottesville and then came back uh, to the University of Kentucky and I was recruited by the um, the federal government, uh, the United States Public Health Service, uh, to work at the Centers for Disease Control. So I was the Honored to be the first gynecologist in the public health division there uh, with sexually transmitted disease research, and I was there in Atlanta, and uh, then uh, decided to come back here um, and and uh, w- went into practice. I ran the residency training program for Baptist Hospital uh, with the University of Kentucky for 26 years, and been in practice. I do gynecology alone now, and my. Subspecialty interest does happen to be in infectious disease because of my CDC training. I'm past president of the um, Infectious Disease Society for Obstetrics and Gynecology, which is a, an international organization, and have had the privilege of serving um, in the federal government at the Food and Drug Administration and reproductive health drugs. And I do most of the work in gynecology and obstetric uh, research for a focus on the family so those have been uh, some areas that that we worked in and then of course Pam and I ran the celebrate recovery program here but I'm in practice in gynecology with um, Baptist Health Medical Group women's care and primarily do robotic
0: surgery mm-hmm. yeah just just a little small resume. We're going to pray that God would give him more influence. And (laughs) now, you know, that's one of the reasons I, I just, I'm so blessed to have wonderful friends like David, um, in, in different arenas, in different professions, but also knowing him as a man of faith. And in a moment, I'm going to have him share his thoughts on COVID and, even update us a little bit on where we are now locally in our state, but also as a nation and in the local church. Before I do, I just want to make a statement of this. I believe that uh, it's very important that we as the body of Christ and believers uh, are wise, but we also operate in faith and that we really understand what we're facing and what we're supposed to focus on because we know wherever our focus goes, our energy flows. Whatever I give attention to is where my my mindset goes, it's where my emotions go, it's where my thought life goes. And what's so critical, guys, is this. Words are so important. Mm. Whenever you hear a word, blue car, red truck, yellow wagon, what do you, what happens? Immediately you associate those words and a vision or an image comes Mm -hmm. up. And the way God created us was through an image. In Genesis 1, he said what? He said, we have created both male and female in our own image, imago, image and likeness that they are to go forth and to subdue, right? And so what's important that we got to understand, we come from an image. Our image is not to reflect the world or anything or anyone else, but to reflect God the Father. And as we reflect that image, that's the picture that we have to become more and more like uh, and, and have an understanding of that. Now, let's look at that in the natural. Whenever I hear a word, I see it associate an image I have with it. That image uh, uh, forms thought life. Thought life forms my belief system. Mm -hmm. And in any topic, whether it's religion, politics, sports, whatever, uh, knowledge is king, right? And so, as we begin to understand that, when we look at the power of words and the power of images, uh, when we think of our national CDC, we think of our medical profession, we think of our political profession, our news media profession, and then your hackers like me and others trying to figure it out on the side, right? Community leaders, whatever. Uh, we all operate based on the words that are shared with us and the confidence we have in the words of those given. So. I think on my part, David, what what's so confusing, knowing that whenever I hear an official say, this is what COVID is, this is the way you treat it, a week later, well, we're not for sure, it could be, and, mm-hmm. and I grace them because they're trying to figure this out. You know, it's mm-hmm. our first go with it, and I understand that, and politicians says, you know, this is okay, well, now it's not okay. And I understand, as you, me, leading a vibrant congregation and businesses in the community as well, it affects a lot of people I know Love. Uh, anytime there's a change or a shift, and it can easily get us into the mindset of being frustrated, angry, discouraged, fearful, and uh, and defensive. So. To me, what I want to say to everyone is it's very important that we control what we think, our state, what we believe, and our inner man and our spiritual man so we can be the kind of influence we need to be with everyone we're associated with because you that are believers watching this today, you may be the only Jesus anyone ever comes into contact in their particular life, especially if they know and trust you. So the power of imagery, and I believe that's what's bringing a lot of confusion right now trying to get people to choose sides trying to get people to choose groups rather than looking just straight at the facts and acknowledging we got it we missed it we're kind of sure but let's let's be safe and through that David it seems to me that that's where I think a lot of our nation is I know it's where a lot of church leaders are Uh, government officials and business owners are pretty confused right now because of the words we've heard and the imagery we have, and we don't have certainty concerning those truths. So I'd like you today, just speak into COVID for us and kind of help straighten our imagery up today and get us into a place where we could truly receive and then do the right actions.
1: so let me say first that you and I don't Mm -hmm. apologize at all that we're approaching this from a spiritual perspective. Yes, right, of course. So yeah, we we want knowledge, uh, we want the truth, uh, I approach things from a scientific perspective, but I have always found that science is supported by what God says. Yes, science is supported by the Word in the in the ultimate. Um, ultimately what happens. When you said image, immediately in my mind Romans 12, 2, Come flashed on. in my mind. That's Do it. not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, mm-hmm. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind Come on. that you may know what God's perfect will is. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what we're going to be talking about yes. is God's perspective As I, I, I don't know everything. Uh, I, I'm not the smartest uh, sharpest tack on the wall, but I take what I hear, and I process it through the mind that God gives me in the Holy Spirit. so we're facing a time of uncertainty that yeah. we've never known mm-hmm. before, not not in our our time. No. Uh, you can go back to you know the Spanish flu nineteen eighteen right. and you can say, well, maybe they did. Certainly, in biblical times, there were plagues and um, f- things that happened. But for us, this is the first time we faced anything of this enormity—a worldwide pandemic. Even Ebola didn't mm-hmm. approximate what this is on, as a, on a worldwide basis. And when we have uncertainty, it mm-hmm. creates fear. Yes. And fear clouds our minds because we don't think straight, and then we begin to experience change all around us. And change is uncertainty, and causes even more fear. So uh, we, you know, we we live in a world a pandemic of uh, COVID 19. So this is a coronavirus. It's a SARS virus. The the epidemic of MERS epidemic, not pandemic, of. Um, Middle Eastern um, respiratory syndrome is was a SARS virus, the Ebola virus. All of these viruses actually happened to be in one lab in Wuhan, mm. China. Wow. Uh, they were all in that one lab. Mm. Uh, we still don't know whether they were the virus was released intentionally or accidentally, but certainly got into the population early. Uh, the warnings weren't given and because of international travel, the virus has spread uh, internationally to most nations. Uh, we just topped in, in, in this country 3 million cases. Uh, and one thing I want to make real clear, Pastor, is, as we talk, and I want the, the people listening to understand, when you hear a politician or a leader say we've got three million cases, they're talking about three million positive tests. Okay. Okay. So that those are most of those are antigen tests. Some people are having antibody tests, but an antigen is the virus itself is detected in the bloodstream and the incubation period is anywhere from three to fourteen days. But That doesn't mean that that is a diseased person, they're infected, Mm -hmm. but we know that about 80% of all individuals are either asymptomatic, that means no symptoms, or minimally symptomatic. Mm -hmm. So to say that I'm positive, but I'm asymptomatic, can I spread the virus? Yes, and we'll come to masks later as far as prevention, but can I spread the virus? Yes, but am I sick? Is it made me sick? No, I don't have fever. I don't have shortness of breath and cough. I'm not getting pneumonia. I'm not getting heart problems. So a lot of people fall into that category. So I don't want to minimize the fear But I want to allay here that if you're infected with the virus, the odds are if you don't have underlying disease, you don't have COPD, uh, you don't have black lung disease, you don't have cardiovascular disease, you're not sick from other things, uh, diabetics and so forth, then the, the chances are that you're going to be able to overcome that. It's the people who have underlying disease who really need social distancing, Mm -hmm. need to be quarantined, need to be away from other individuals who are infected. The the interesting thing about this particular virus, uh, the coronavirus, is it's aggressive, but it does not stimulate high levels of what we call neutralizing antibody. Mm -hmm. They're cytotoxic antibodies that destroy a virus. Neutralizing antibodies neutralize it. Bonding just bond to them. And the issue with this virus, is that it doesn't stimulate high levels of neutralizing antibody. That's one of the things about vaccine. Is it gonna have high enough levels mm. of neutralizing antibody? And the the downside of that, Pastor, is that individuals who are infected, because they are not high levels of neutralizing antibody, can be reinfected. Mm. So we're seeing people that are being reinfected mm. at mm. a later
0: date. Mm. That's great. And I think as we look at this, David, and understand, and the more knowledge we we have, it can help us <clears throat> be more balanced in our thoughts. I think there's so much judging. <clears throat> I know even with me, you know, I'll get frustrated with change. <clears throat> and I'm a change guy. I, I love change. But okay. this has been like, oh my goodness, this yeah. is crazy stuff. <laughs> I can only imagine, you know, what, 78% of people are slow to change. And the people that are slow to change, it's like, okay, you settled us in for a few weeks and now you're changing again. It just rocks their world. But we also gotta roll with the punches, I guess, and understand, you know, how that can impact ourselves and others.
1: Yeah, so we're learning on the medical side, mm-hmm. just like the populace is learning. Yes. Uh, no, we haven't dealt with this before. We haven't seen anything of this enormity before. We haven't seen a virus that is as aggressive. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it as I said, eighty percent of people people asymptomatic or minimally symptomatic. So, but the virus is highly infective. Yes, it's it's transmitted by respiratory droplet transmission. So that means if I cough, sneeze on you, uh, and I. I'm infected i'm likely to infect you if you're close to me uh, but there is some evidence now that it may stay on inanimate objects like a table or so forth for several days uh, and mm. can be transmitted that way there's a group in europe right now that is trying to say that it can it's just in the atmosphere and it's being transmitted really? that way. We don't really, I don't rely on that data. I don't think it's, uh, it's reliable scientific data, but the, the fact is, uh, yes, re- respiratory droplet transmission, but we don't totally know exactly how all individuals are being infected. And so what we have to do right now is learn from a public health standpoint, what we're seeing, we saw a ramp up in cases, starting i think last november and december if you talk to people Mm -hmm. there were a lot of people that were sick back then even though we weren't testing started to really increase february march april we took action we started social distancing we started insisting on the wearing of masks and quarantining people when they were traveling and we saw a decline in cases but now in florida Texas, California, South Carolina. There's a marked increase again because social distancing was relaxed and masks were relaxed, and so uh, we're we're learning what do we need to do, to what steps do we have to take in order to minimize the spread of this virus, so. Uh, that is transmitted to you and to everybody else is uncertainty, and it is uncertainty. Mm-hmm. We're trying to learn, but when when your public health officials, um, when Dr. Fauci, who, who I is I know, and Dr. Redfield from the CDC, when when those individuals give you guidelines their guidelines, they're saying this is what we think at the present time is the best thing to do and we need to try to follow those not out of obedience to some superpower but out of our obedience to God to try to help our fellow man. Mm -hmm. I think this is an ideal time for believers to exemplify the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Mm-hmm. And if you wouldn't wanna be infected, then wear a mask so you don't infect any, anybody else. Most people think that masks are to protect ourselves, they're really to protect you from me. Okay. That's the reason we wear a mask, is so that somebody else won't get infected if you are asymptomatic mm-hmm. and infected. Mm-hmm.
0: And as we look at that, we, we could get into a little bit, I think, of the impact of those that are asymptomatic, which you said 80% of those, it's not really gonna come to as much other than they can share it with Mm -hmm. others, which Mm -hmm. is critical as we do under our neighbors, we do under ourselves. And I think we have to look at it from a mindset uh, of believers, you know, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul and mind and energy and love your neighbors yourself. And we say, well, I mean, I I have faith to believe, you know, and stand that I'm gonna be healed and fine. And if it hits my body, then I'm going to have faith to stand through it, but I don't know what other people's faith is. So for me to say, mm-hmm. I'm not going to adhere to these standards or guidelines, who would affect out here that doesn't have faith? or? Would I have this kind of mindset if my mom was at home uh, battling, uh, you know, a lung disease or something of that nature or a family member or a child with a, you know, an illness? Uh, You know, we got to think about all these things that it's not about us and it's about others. And I know that it's uncomfortable and I'm kind of a, I'm a challenger at heart, right? So for me, it's been a real pinching of the flesh to calm myself down, but as I look at the big picture and understand it's really not about me. It's about others and it's there about go. God. And I think yeah. I, I, and I'm just going to say this. I think the church is soft. I get tired of spiritual wimps that think they're giants and they're going to make these big proclamations about faith and, well, you don't have faith if you do this. You don't have faith if you don't do that. Well, first of all, if you if you're going to talk about my faith, you need to know me because I think yeah. I got just a little bit of faith. I talked about a little bit of faith Sunday, mustard seed faith. It, it just takes a little bit of faith. Yeah. But when we start judging other people's faith by whether you follow a guideline or you don't, then you got to also say what you do with Romans 13 where it says, that we're to, uh, you know, to serve our governors, governments, Mm -hmm. Jesus said, render unto Caesar what Caesar's. So if you wear a mask, are you going to hell or not? If you wear a mask, is that showing that your disobedience to God or whatever? It's one thing if people are trying to keep you from sharing your faith, they're saying wear a mask to come to church. So people say, well, I'm not coming to church. I'm just going to stay home because I don't want to wear a mask. Well, is that faith? is that obedience yeah. so I have to look at it from a pastor's point of view. I'm a spiritual father. I don't teach my sons to go out and break the law. I don't teach my sons to say, well, the guideline is 55. The heck of what that police officer says. We're a family of faith. If you want to go 80 and you got to get somewhere, or something. just go 80. Yeah. It's a guideline. It's it, it, and, and then we face the, the facts of what happens if we don't follow the guideline. It just blows me away how soft the church is today and, and, and how I see... Thank God, John wasn't that way on Patmos Isle. Thank God, Peter wasn't that way when Jesus, you know, he said, "Don't just crucify me; crucify me upside down. I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Savior." Mm -hmm. Thank God, Stephen didn't sit there and say, "God's not real; don't stone me, guys. This is a hoax." I mean, come on, really? How much suffering is it is to follow a guideline? Yeah.
1: Well, you you bring to mind a a couple of thoughts. One, um, people, uh, I hear people say, you know, God caused this. This is a Plague that God has rendered on the earth. Um, I, I don't think God's surprised by this pandemic no, at all. Not. God's not surprised, uh, but I, I don't think He caused it. No. I think this was caused by man, and it has spread. And I think God will use this, as you've said. You're the 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 way that. Travis has set up the your ability to do podcasts and broadcasts mm-hmm. and zooms and so forth. I mean if we hadn't been set up that way in this church mm-hmm. we would have been way behind oh, but yeah. but You've used that to allow yourself to probably reach more people. Oh, without a than, doubt, than ever before. We reach
0: four times the people now that we did before. COVID. There you go. And so, God can
1: use this to bring people into the kingdom, uh, but but we we need to be very careful that we don't cause the people that we're trying to influence to be upset with us because we say well we don't have to wear we're a above mask the law. yeah mm-hmm. we don't have to wear a mask because God's protecting us, we got a hedge of protection around us and we're not gonna get infected. I'm sorry, this is a virus mm-hmm. and it infects. You you may say, I'm not gonna get the flu and I'm not gonna get the vaccine and then you end up in the hospital mm-hmm. with influenza. So yeah, I, I think we need to be careful about our influence and be careful about what we're, uh, our faith is saying to other people. I, I heard a broadcast that a pastor, um, Made uh, last week, and he was saying that, uh, you know, God's going to destroy the earth, one third of the population of the earth with this virus. And uh, it just makes me shiver when I think that people are hearing this that God Almighty is throwing, causing this. And yeah, he can call back the angel of death. He can call back this plague uh, if that's his desire, but man has to do his part as well.
0: You know, David, it's like, What blows me away, people forget scripture when they know it, (laughs) especially if you've been around me. You've heard these scriptures a lot. John 10, 10. Jesus said, who? Satan comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, come to give life and give life more abundantly. He didn't say, Satan's doing most of the killing, but I'm still doing some. No, he said, I come to give life and life more abundantly. We know in Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 8, where he was asked if he, or Chapter 7, if he would heal, if it's his will to heal. Mm -hmm. And he said to the leper, be thou made whole. He could have said, well, it's not always my will to heal. Sometimes it's my will to heal. Now, the fact is, evil happens. The fact is, people get sick and die with disease. Those are facts. But that doesn't change who God is and what he says. Now, I'm going to say something. I had not intended to say it on this David's looked at me like, here goes pastor. (laughs) So, you know, I have multiple businesses because God's made me an entrepreneur and it's a way for me to help the church and help ministry and and, and serve Mm -hmm. others to use all my gifts. And uh, I was talking to this contractor that I just got to know and on a job and come to find out he's been in prison. He's he's a total atheist. And I said, okay. He said, I know you're a preacher and, and all that, and I don't want to offend you, but this whole God thing, and this all this stuff going on in our country, and all this racism stuff, and all this stuff. He said, I just don't even believe there's a God. And then I said, well, I can respect why you don't believe that because I don't know what it costs to be you. Won't you give me a little of your story? For forty-five minutes later, I'm about to cry. This guy's telling me about how he was abused in uh-huh. in California, how he was abused as a child growing up, how he had friends that were abused, and how uh, he was imprisoned uh, for defending someone else. It, it just broke your and and he saw so many people hurt and 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 lives destroyed, and he's taking people's lives. So. You know, I'm sitting here going, oh, my goodness, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and, but what he was saying is, and I said, you know what? Paul took people's lives, you know, so who am I to say David took people's no. lives? I, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to tell you I respect where you come from. I can just tell you from my story. I believe God's real and God's, God's true. And he said, well, what about disease? What about murder? And What about sexual abuse and molesting children and beating women? And, and he said, man, I'm black and white. I, I, I'll take you out. I said, you hurt a child? They can put me in prison again. I, so obviously he's had great pain there. Mm-hmm. And as many have, but it got back to this, David. I tried to take a couple minutes. I don't wanna get all complicated, but who told Eve she was naked? That's what God asked her. He said, hmm. I said, because Satan was there waiting for the opportunity to convince Eve to take and Adam to take of the tree of knowledge of good and evil mm-hmm. it, so they could be like God. He said, yeah, who wants to know that? I said, exactly. None of us are God. None of us know what God knows. But I just want you to think about it. And I'm going to be praying for you. And you just kind of meditate. You have any more questions? Next time I see you ask me. But just where does evil come from? And where does curse? And where does disease? Because the, the Bible's clear, but if you don't believe God's real, it's tough for you. He said, well, there's sometimes I just lay awake and cry at night because I'm, I'm, so, I'm just so confused. See, if I just came at him, he said, yeah. see, all cho- oh, you preachers are just alike. Yeah. And man, he was choked up for the last 30 minutes of conversation. And I believe it was just a great moment, not only for him, Here he is, I don't know, probably 50 in his life and starting his life over again. Mm -hmm. But it was great for me, you know, and that's the conversations I wish some of these super spiritual people that are so quick to be rebellious and any preacher does this don't have faith in any preacher does. I, I don't know what a preacher's going through. I'm not going to judge another church. I'm not going to judge them over race. I'm not going to judge them over. Do they wear a mask or not wear a mask? I gotta judge myself, make sure my heart's right. Right. And I think, coming from a person of faith, what's your perspective on when you see a lot of these conversations? We're not pointing other people out, but we want the body to know, I can respect whatever their decision is, but we all gotta realize we gotta face the consequences of our decisions.
1: Well, you planted a mustard seed for that guy, and so that's uh, gonna grow like a big tree. It's it's difficult. I think that as people of faith, then we have to determine and know within what our faith is. When you're wa- waffling about what you believe, then you're gonna be ripe for somebody to pick you off. Mm-hmm. So I try to always bring it back to what the Word says. I try to bring it back to what the Holy Spirit is saying to me so that I know what, uh, I try to interpret what God's will is. I don't interpret God's will for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when people say, well, God told me this or that, that that's for because you. Because it's
0: progressive. We're learning, aren't exactly. we? Man, I, exactly. I don't know that much I'm trying right. to learn right yeah go
1: ahead. and so um, I try to when when I'm hear these various opinions when I'm confronted by what this politician says versus this politician or this religious leader versus the other religious leader, I try to process that through the truth of God's word and I take everything back to the word. Is this upheld by what God says? And so I I think right now in the midst of this um, horrible pandemic that we're dealing with and this uncertainty, people need to be together. You mentioned before people are going to say, "I'm not going to church because of a mask." People need to be in church. Mm-hmm, yes, we need the Call fellowship. Not to assemble
0: yourselves together.
1: We need to to not only hear the word, which you can hear on in many different ways, but we need that fellowship. We need social distancing. We need to wear masks. Wear your mask and come to church. Mm-hmm. Sit here and and absorb and be of a, a, a ministry to other people. But uh, I, I just try to process that. Uh, through that filter of God's word and then make decisions. And, uh, my decisions aren't always right, but I try to make them based on
0: the word. You know, something as we wrap up, God gave me for our congregation and, uh, Uh, to share that's really been a guiding point. I thought it was to do with politics, and that was, but it's way bigger than politics. You know, we see it with race, we see it with uh, racial relations, we see it with addiction recovery, we see it with COVID and all these things. And that is, even if I disagree with your decisions, if I disagree with who you vote or your perspective on a matter, I still am required to love you unconditionally, Mm and to pray for unity. And I think it all comes back to one word, and we would say love, but there cannot be love without first having honor. So I have to honor someone and respect them for whatever they believe, right? Jesus didn't say, you know, I'm going to come back for everyone that's not, you know, um, uh, a crusader to kill Christians. He he didn't say, I'm going to come back for all those that live a certain way of My beliefs. He said, what? He said, he's for everyone. He died for everyone and rose for everyone. And I think the biggest thing we can do as the body of Christ is not to judge one another, but to honor one another, to love one another unconditionally, and to pray for unity. Because the enemy doesn't care which side we choose, right? Yeah you know, follow guidelines or don't follow guidelines, you know, you're gonna stand with this group on a racial matter or that group on a racial matter, you're gonna stand with the medical profession or the politicians or the news media, he could care less. Just pick a side, any right. side, and fight and argue and debate where your faith can never become one. Right. Because there's bo- believers, born-again believers that are politicians, born-again believers in the medical profession on both sides of the race issue. there, And, and in every arena, people who want to do guidelines, people who don't. We are blood-bought believers, so many of us, and if we can't come together in unity as one under God and honor one another for wherever we stand and pray for unity, then things are going to get a lot worse before they get a lot better. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. Any last words on COVID that you think, Dave, before...
1: Well, I I just think, uh, you know, the governor's Mm -hmm. just um, issued uh, guidelines that everyone uh, in Kentucky needs to wear a mask for the next 30 days, unless you're less than five years old or have uh, some respiratory problem where you can't wear a mask. I just ask uh, all of you to to abide by that. Um, It it may rub you the wrong way. Uh, It may cause you to feel that government's telling you what to do. But for right now, for the protection of others, uh, to live out the golden rule, uh, to uh, try to keep from infecting others, wear your mask so you don't infect anybody else. Practice social distancing, but don't allow that to interfere with you participating in the activities of Bethel Harvest Church. Uh, this is a solid Bible-believing church uh, led by, by Pastors Marion and Stephanie, and uh, I just encourage you, uh, if you don't attend here, this is a, a place where you need to be. And we talk about things like this openly. A pastor will call me, I'll call him, and, and we talk about these kinds of issues. And I, I would just say, we're in the midst of a pandemic, we're gonna get through this, you've heard that from Uh, politicians. We're going to get through this, but we're not going to get through it unless we do it in a unified way as a body of believers and using the word as our final document for what we believe.
0: Amen. Well, I I just want to thank David for being with us today and just an amazing friend and man of God and so honored to have uh, Helm in my life. And, um, and, uh, David, would you like to just wrap us up with a prayer as we close out?
1: Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to just converse and talk. Um, We don't have all the answers, Lord, but uh, you do. Uh, You know what the perfect truth is. Uh, You sent uh, your perfect truth here on earth in the form of Jesus to live, to die, and to be resurrected. Uh, It is through him that we find you. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. It's not a maybe, it's not an if. It's a document that uh, you state that we will be saved. And so I lift everyone uh, up out there who is uh, listening. I pray that this will bring some clarity to their thought. I pray that we'll be unified in the spirit. And I pray that uh, you will see fit to end this pandemic, that you'll call back the plague and that uh, people will be healed. We'll see a decline in cases and we'll be able to return to some sort of normality. Uh, We'll give you all the praise and credit in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, David. I want to thank everyone for joining our podcast conversations with Marion Dalton today and how we can live a life of clarity, growth, and vitality. We'll see you soon.